3: Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Three games planned for today have this week fallen foul of COVID-19. The matches at Molyneux between Wolves and Watford, as well as the match at Anfield between Liverpool and Leeds, were due to kick off earlier today, but both had to be postponed. Plus, Turf Moor will remain empty. A surge in cases at Everton meant Burnley's game with the Toffees today will also have to be rearranged. Aston Villa's match today at home to Chelsea does go on 12.30 NBC But Villa will have to make do without their manager. The club announced yesterday Stephen Gerrard has tested positive for COVID and will miss their next two games. Crystal Palace will also be without their manager later this morning. Patrick Vieira self-isolating as well. Reports were the Eagles would be severely weakened for today's match at Tottenham. Palace wanted it postponed, but both clubs confirmed it will be played. At least Vieira, the former Arsenal captain, won't have to face that Spurs crowd. But your Boxing Day is still jam-packed. We have four games in that 10 Eastern window. West Ham, Southampton on NBCSN, Tottenham Palace on USA, two games on Peacock, Manchester City, the league leaders against Leicester, Norwich against in-form Arsenal, then at 12.30, it is Villa against Chelsea on NBC, with Brighton-Brentford today on NBCSN, Kickoff is at three, and tomorrow, the final game of this round of fixtures, Newcastle against Manchester United. So, Jordan Henderson, the Liverpool captain said this week with regards to the current situation football to us is everything and we want to be able to perform at the highest level every time we set foot on the pitch and unfortunately in this period he says it is difficult to do that that's been like this for a few years now and it's been difficult but then on top of that you chuck in covid and it becomes even harder and even worse i'm concerned he says that nobody really takes player welfare seriously I think decisions get made. Of course, we want to play as footballers. We want to get out there and play. But I am worried about player welfare. And I don't think anybody does take that seriously enough, especially in this period when COVID is here. We will try to have conversations, he continues, in the background, and try to have some sort of influence going forward. But at the minute, I don't feel the players get the respect they deserve in terms of having somebody being able to speak for them independently and having the power to say, actually, this isn't right for player welfare several managers this week also weighed in on the player welfare subject including Pep Guardiola and Mikel Arteta
2: Yeah but should be you know the players or the managers all together and make a strike or make something because if just for the words, it's not going to be solved because the UEFA the FIFA the Premier League the broadcasters the business is more important than the welfare the simple example that all around the UEFA substitution here is still three tell me one one Argument to take care to be more welfare to the players for this one, and here, for everyone decide for themselves we don 't do it so now I have to discuss about that what they decide will be okay for me, so it 's not necessary to to do it because. We talk about the welfare, it's just for the players, the association of the players say, OK, we don't play anymore until we solve that situation. And after maybe the, pe- the people are going to take attention, pay attention. But you have to decide for the broadcasters, for the Premier League or for the rest to take decisions on behalf for the welfare, for the players, this is not going to happen.
4: I think we have to listen to them. There are two protagonists here, one that are the players and the other and that are the supporters. <laughs> Without the players we can do nothing, so we have to really listen to the players because they are the ones that have to be there. It is easy for us um, to, to be there and demand and, and they are the ones have to perform and, and they have to do it. And the same with, with the fans because this industry it wouldn't work without any of those two. So I think we have to listen much more to our players.
3: We're going to discuss this further in just a moment, but a very warm welcome to Boxing Day show. We hope you had a lovely Christmas. I'm Rebecca Lowe, Robbie Musto, Robbie Earle alongside me. We'll get on to play welfare, chaps, but in the last half an hour, I'm afraid we've lost another game, but it's actually going to be the one on Tuesday at 12.30 Eastern. The Leeds against Aston Villa game has also now been postponed because of cases inside the Leeds United camp. So that one has gone for Tuesday at 12.30 Eastern, uh, this coming Tuesday the 28th. Right, player welfare. Do they have a point, Robbie Muster?
5: I think they do have a point, and it's very easy for everybody on the outside to kind of assume the, the money that they earn, that they should get on with it and, and get their head down and play, um, but I think they do have a point. I mean, the virus is, is going around the training grounds, and of course, I know it's out there in society as well. They've got to try and deal with that and, and, and mitigate against stuff that happens at home, but... I'm sure there must have been a feeling there was this big meeting, wasn't there, last Monday about the executives of football clubs. What should we do? Should we continue, plow through this? Should we take a break and, and have a, the, this set of fixtures, the midweek set of fixtures off? Um, or should we take a longer break? They voted the first one, the executives. And I think the players and managers are frustrated on the back of that. We know there was a, there's players' meetings and the manager meeting and Tony Conte saying that we were, we were in this meeting and it was like talking to a brick wall. They want to continue. I just feel for the players, Rebecca, because. There's so many games over a very small period of time, um, with, the, with the virus going through them. Players not knowing what they're going into in the training grounds, and all everybody cares about is game after game after game. The squads are getting smaller and smaller. We're going to see it today with some of the benches not filled. We don't know which games are going to get postponed from one day to the next. Isn't there a re- isn't there an argument there for a break, for just a whether it's a set of fixtures off? The midweek ones coming up, I think, would be ideal, or even a longer period, Rebecca, where clubs' training grounds could reset, get new protocols in place, and then come back again when, when you've broken that chain within the, within the football clubs themselves. I think there's a stronger argument for that.
3: Well, there was an argument, and they mm. put the argument to the club yeah. executives in that meeting you talked about last Monday. Mm. The problem clearly is Pep's angry, Jordan Henderson's angry, Mikhail yeah. Teta's angry. Yeah. Shouldn't they, Robbie, be talking to their own club executives, the ones who go to the shareholders' meeting, mm. go to the meeting last Monday and said, actually, no, we want to plough on? There seems to be a disconnect between players and managers mm. and, the cl- and the people at the cl- top of the club.
6: That's the word, the disconnect. The lack of communication, back. And Jordan Henderson's come out. And... and- the power was with the football clubs. A lot of what Robbie's talking about is the, the clubs voted. If they'd have wanted the break and voted for the break, they would have got that. That was Monday. By Wednesday, Jordan Henderson's saying, hold on a minute, the people who are front and centre, the people who are on the cold face, the most important people really in the conversation are the players, and we've not been spoke to. We, we don't have any say in the matter. And we're hearing, you know, irresponsibility by managers. We're hearing, like, lack of, uh, uh, of health Fitness and, and player welfare. We're hearing all these all these terms where players are being stretched, are being pushed, are being asked to do things that Sometimes they're uncomfortable. People are going into into um, dressing dressing rooms and not sure what they're going to pick up and take back to to, the, to their family. And it's just one of those situations where I don't feel that the players have been given enough of, of a voice in this, and that's why we're, we're seeing, seeing some of the things we're seeing.
3: Away from COVID, imagine it's a regular year when mm. you played. Mm. The 26th and the 28th, you didn't like it, did you? I didn't it? like it. I didn't
5: like it because... We need or players need two days to recover between. So to play on the 26th, you go in next day to train or to warm down. You're still achy. You're still stiff. You've still got bruises and bumps on your legs. You need a couple of days, Rebecca, to get over that to play another game. The 26th to the 28th is something I've never understood. I hated it as a player because fans want to come in on the 28th and see... The first team, or a team that's going to play at their best, they're not getting the best product two days after the 26th. And I know it's tradition. I know that the the, the, the broadcasters love it, but I tell you right now, I didn't like it. I didn't like going out there, crossing the white line, not feeling great, feeling tired, and have to play for thirty five thousand people. Didn't mind it, to be honest. <laughs> I've got
6: to say. I mean, we looked at it different at Wimbledon. We looked at December. Seven match weeks, 21 points available. We looked at December to say, this keeps us in the league. We really worked hard through that December period and look forward to days when, if Middlesbrough are coming to us and we know they, they didn't like it and they're feeling a bit tired, we'll take the three points very much, thank you, and, and move on. So it was a bit of a leveller for us and I didn't mind it, to be honest. Sorry.
3: <laughs> Interesting stuff, gentlemen. Thank you. Good start to the show. told you it was a busy old next <laughs> wow. week. You got all that down. Check the social media channels, of mm-hmm. course, if you want to get that down again, get those details. Robbie L, mm. Robbie Mosto, Rebecca Lowe here with you. Well, that all came down mm. to second-half substitutions from Thomas Tuchel, Robbie.
5: Yes, it did. And I think we were all... I think Chelsea fans are asking for Lukaku to come on at half-time. Um, Pulisic did stay on the field and went to a right wing-back position, which, again, <clears throat> is, is preferred, but I thought helped his game. thought he got more of the ball in space, I think he's much better when he's running at players and gives you that ability to dribble past defenders. So I thought it suited him, but it suited the team. The crosses came in from the wide areas and then you had a, a real threat, a real target in mm. Lukaku. Takes his headed goal really, really well. Much better from Chelsea.
3: Is Romelu Lukaku on form and fit? The difference between Chelsea falling away in this title race yeah. and staying in it?
6: Absolutely. We said at the beginning of the season, Rebecca, Chelsea were in a title race because of the addition of Romelu Lukaku to what they had. And we saw that in the second half. Mings and Konza can't, can't out-muscle, can't be out-physical, a uh, uh, front line that looked light. And you've got to say, huge credit to Thomas Tuchel. If there's one big difference between Tuchel and, and Frank Lampard, it's his in-game management. It's changing things when they need to happen. He did today, Lukaku came on, Kovacic had a big influence on the game when he came. This guy tends to get it right in the big moments.
3: Okay, some news. I'm just being told that that 7.30 game, I said the report in the Athletic Arsenal against Wolves, that is now confirmed. That 7.30 Eastern game this coming Tuesday is now postponed due to Covid cases inside the Wolves camp. Another game, a 19th game now in total, going the way of a postponement. That is for Tuesday the 28th.
1: Thomas, what are your thoughts on that victory and how it came about?
7: Well it's a big victory it's very hard to play here and when you go one goal uh, behind villa park it's even gets even uh, more difficult but the reaction was very very good mentality was, was outstanding said, so win, a a well deserved win we I did I said that and we created devil. a lot of big chances you said, um, rash, from possession cash. and also did from, uh, from counter-attack no so <laughs> uh, job done but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, are, we are worried we like we have another injured players. we play with, with players and we play against oh, teams I actually thought of it during the game but the some it point, it will the catch the
1: us. How much of a game-changer was, was the it, introduction? Yeah. Yeah. Romelu, in I don't know. For
7: today, it was a game-changer. But, he but do we both this? know that <laughs> this is... Uh, a rush um, dash um, from cash. We, that we have the, the responsibility to let Calumas play for 90 minutes because we need to change other players on the pitch. Who decides that? So today, he's the game-changer. And maybe we do a big mistake here letting players play from, from, from Corona uh, and, and having one or two training sessions. But obviously they make us play, and so we play, and we play two more cup games, and we play against teams mm-hmm. who, prepare, uh, uh, who have games postponed and who prepare one week these matches. OK, so uh, it's like it is, but this cannot be the right way.
1: You're taking the challenge on... So when you pick up all three points today, does that give you satisfaction? The change you of made course halftime it gives us, yes, and what you changed around the world? Well. Cha- yeah, but
7: it gives. Uh, there's um, not enough changes say, for us. It's, it's as easy as that. I mean, five changes yeah, were invented like because of rebate, Corona. Whole yeah. Europe has five changes, but. We yeah. play. Whole Europe has a winter break, and we play through. And on on which shoulders we put it on the players' shoulders. Okay, so this is the, this our is the result. Uh, now yeah, they make they us play all the time, uh, the even if we have COVID or something else. Oh, and now sorry. we have the new injuries, I mean, and, in and uh, this will not stop. It cannot stop. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> happens from here then? I don't know. I don't know. People in the people I, at the chairs and people at the green table, and then somewhere in offices take these decisions. This is how it is.
1: Romelu Lukaku said to us that he needed... A performance like that yeah. today.
7: Yeah, but it's not fair today. Okay, he had a, he had a very good performance today and he was very helpful. But it's not fair, and he's Let's not ready it. for that. Even if he wants it. I mean, we have all been title. ten days with a flu in, in in bed. I I did not play fit? two days later uh, a match at Willa form, Park, and we don't is know what happens from that. We just put well, the players well, in, but we don't know. Nobody knows. Him and okay, he was a game changer today. Of course, we're super happy. I'm super impressed with with the guys, but I'm 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 super. Concerned.
8: No yeah,
1: it's you clear you are yeah. concerned yeah. and angry yeah. as well yeah. because but despite the win, such an major concerns about it. the health of and safety of your players. Of course,
7: and we will have the same discussion on Wednesday. But do you expect you know anything to change, to though? To no, the it, like he did no. For his goal nobody absolutely. asked us, and if we no. if we say what we want to change, it's not possible to change. Is
8: it hard, though, to do that? Yeah, it is
7: hard because we're struggling. And and, and we're 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 pressing our performances of, of players back, where it's back, yeah, where it's uh, very hard stuff. to, to demand it but but, right, but we need to. And, to. and so we step from one game to the other. We have international and duties and, and, and represent back, also back Premier League and, and it's not only us, there are other teams who represent English football in Europe. What so on Wednesday <laughs> we, have, we have the next tough well, match yeah. against off, the team. who will be fully is, prepared and, and fully ready your, to, 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 to demand is, everything is of us uh, physically. And as as I have maximum maximum respect for you know for the players what they did today, when he comes. Uh, got got to be being one nil no down at Villa and coming back like this is a fantastic fantastic result, and yeah the effort was was outstanding. I think it shows
1: your level of concern and frustration the fact that you won against them dropping points recently. Nick, you've gone Liverpool. Liverpool, your, your, your overriding thought process is <laughs> the situation yes, you're because in. because
7: we do changes because of of injuries. We don't do changes of tactical reasons anymore. And and uh, Take we care. took the risk today the to best. let Callum start because we thought he can share minutes with Romelu. And obviously, it was not the case because like Engolo Kante is again injured, and and uh, and Thiago Silva is injured. We have only three changes, so we get caught and it backfired on us this decision. So hopefully, uh, Callum was was outstanding. Today. It is maybe one of the very best performances since, since I'm here. And uh, But still, I mean, we, we, were, we were even in doubt if he can play one half, and in the end, he ends up playing 90 minutes because, yeah, he needs to.
1: What well Rob? You completely changed the game when you came on. Were you a man on a mission, perhaps frustrated at having had to sit out the most recent games?
9: Yeah, I think uh, I needed a performance like this today. Uh... You know, it's been difficult, you know, getting, like, ends of the game. You know, every footballer wants to be on the pitch. The manager has his reasons, but, uh, you know, I kept working hard. And, you know, today it was, uh, you know, it was good for us to win. And uh, for myself personally, I'm happy with my performance and I have to push on.
1: The first goal, was it about the movement?
9: Yeah, it's movement. Um, I think, uh, you know, with uh, balls from, from with crosses and stuff throughout the years, my well, movement in the box has been better. I try to be less static and try to be on the move on the time and, you know, the cross was a brilliant cross and then I just came across my man and, you know, flicked it in.
1: And when you won the penalty, you just looked unstoppable. Nothing was going to get you.
9: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I think that's, that's preferably my preferred actions, you know, running into space and, and uh, you know, using my speed and my power and then, you know, uh, the defender did a contact and, you know, Georgie finished it off first.
1: In fact, going into the game, you mm. were nine points behind the leaders' Man City. Was it vital you picked up all three points today?
9: Yeah, I think we, we are the hunters now. Uh, it's clearly that, you know, the last uh, results for us uh, were not the best and now we have to chase I every mean, you know every game for us from now until the end of the season is a final you have to treat them like finals because every game in the premier league is very difficult but uh, you know today we we won and now we have to push on and you know keep chasing
1: does it feel like you've made a bit of a statement level with liverpool now prove this is a three-way fight
9: i don't know you know I think today we had to do our job, we had to win the game. Um, Aston Villa was doing really well in the last couple of games. You know, Credit to Steven Gerrard and his, and his staff and their players. They have a really good team. It was not easy for us. But in the end, you know, our quality came through, and now we have to push on. We have to make sure that uh, every game is a final, win, and that's it. You did your job. Good thank to you see you much. back. Thank you, thank you.
3: A quick look at the Lexus match summary. Eight shots from Villa, just a one-on target with 42% possession. Chelsea dominant in every area, and they take away all three points from Villa Park. So, for some final thoughts, it's back to the gantry in Birmingham to hear from our commentary duo, Lee Dixon, alongside Arlo White. Chaps.
1: Thanks, Rebecca. How important for Chelsea in terms of a title challenge is it that Romelu Lukaku stays fit? finds his form scores goals is he the difference potentially
8: well the fact that we've been talking about him when he's not even been playing and when's he going to come back when's he going to it shows the importance he's got in the team they're they're a talented football team there's no doubt about that they've got virtually everything when you look at them playing as in their free-flowing style but he plays such an important part at the top of the pitch He's the reason they pass the ball into the of feet is the reason why you cross the ball because you know he's likely to get on the end of it, like he did for his goal. Absolutely... I would say it was good movement, it wasn't brilliant movement, it was terrible defending Mm. but it was a good ball in, there's a reason to cross it because he's there and you know he's going to make some sort of a move towards getting into space and and scoring those goals and obviously the the winning the penalty, that drive that pushing back, falls back stretching them, all of that sort of stuff you see the players in midfield come to life because there's somebody to pass to. so he's very very important for Chelsea and he looked, he's not back back to his best but he looked like something like the the Mm. old him and They'll only get better when he's playing. What did Tyro Mings did? What did he do wrong
1: in that situation?
8: Well, his body position for start off, he's got to know where the player is. He's got to know where the ball is. That's part of your, uh, of your position as, as a defender. And as soon as he starts to go on your back shoulder, you know he's releasing that space. And so when he comes, you've got to be first there. If he'd have been concentrating on the ball, had his arm out, felt him coming, attacked the ball, there would have been mm. no problem. But he he, he didn't do himself. Many favours there, okay. Turn
3: around. If you're looking at that game,
8: mm.
3: three points for Brighton, one in the first half, Robbie L. Yeah. When you take it as a whole from both perspectives, what impressed you and what disappointed you today from that game?
6: Um, what impressed me was better finishing from Brighton, added to the football that we've known. they pretty much played most of the season, very rarely outplayed, is what Brighton in the future should be looking to do. To to turn more of that possession into goal goal opportunities, from Brentford's team that was flat. That was a pale imitation of the team that's been vibrant, that's played Arsenal, that's played West Ham, that's played Liverpool and kept fighting to the very last minute. Don't know if COVID was involved. Don't know about health and fitness of players, but that wasn't the team who've brought something to the Premier League, and that disappointed me for Brentford today.
3: But from Brentford's perspective, for a minute, that's exactly the kind of result and performance you're going to expect at relatively regular intervals throughout a promoted season, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is, because
5: um, the quality isn't just there. It was a day-to-day, Rob. I thought that Brentford's quality was disappointing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say other things of tiredness or whatever. I thought There was moments in that second half particularly as Brighton totally reined it in and weren't playing the football that we talked about at half-time in the Mm -hmm. first half. They totally changed, and it was an opportunity for Brentford. So a lack of real huff and puff, but for me... Just a lack of quality in the forward areas. Even in midfield, so many times the ball was given away where they had opportunity, I thought, to build a bit ahead of, of steam against Brighton. They didn't do it.
3: If the season ended right now, Brighton 9th, mm. Brentford yeah. 13th, they'd both be quite happy, wouldn't they?
5: Brentford will be. Oh,
4: I
3: think Graham
6: Potter's ambitions are slightly higher than Becca. The ninth with, with, with this team, with this group, I think he believes they could probably go closer You 8-7-6. Know, I think that's where he wants to be with his team and that's what coaches will always do, keep pushing for the next bit.
10: Neil, congratulations. Just how overdue was this win? Thank you. Um, It's such a big win for us. I think we haven't won uh, in a long, long time. Everyone was talking about it. Uh, So it was a good performance uh, overall from the team and we're really happy tonight to get that uh, win finally. Did it feel like a result like this, a night like this, was coming? Um, To be fair, like, uh, recently we we didn't win, but uh, we were playing every single game uh, like we were going to win. But, you know, football is hard, Premier League is tough. Uh, It was never going to be easy, either before, either tonight. And, uh, I mean, I respect uh, my teammates and the the team because, like, we pushed uh, a lot. Uh, We never give up. Uh, We've uh, got some injuries, some people ill. Uh, it's a tough time for everyone, uh, but we're working hard, we believe in ourselves, and everyone is pushing in the same direction, so we deserve it. Two really good goals tonight in the first half. For yours, did it open up nicely for you? Uh, indeed, yes. Uh, I thought uh, Leandro's goal uh, was brilliant, and then uh, it was my turn, I guess. Uh, it's just it's just good to, to get, uh, get a win, uh, get a goal again, uh, I've been, I've been away last week and I needed that. No real celebration, but is it nice to score against your former club? Uh, it's, it's always nice. Uh, it's, not, it's not any nicer to score against my uh, former club. Uh, I didn't want to celebrate because I mean, they're the club that had given me uh, my chance uh, four years ago. Uh, No-one wanted to sign me in France and they called me uh, and they asked me to come over in England. I didn't know nothing about them, didn't know nothing about England. And they were basically the only one uh, that gave me my chance. So I respect them so much, everything they've done for me, everything they've done for a lot of players. And they deserve uh, to be where they are now. And it's a great club. Thomas, commiserations
11: in the end. How did you see this one? I see it as a overall the 90 minutes an even game. If you look at the stats, the chances uh, even... Thought that Brighton were better than us first half, and we were better than them second half. Unfortunately, they took their chances in the in, in our bad spell. Um, I thought first half especially <clears throat> we were very bad on the ball. We, we kept throwing the ball away, uh, not not sharp on touches, decision making, passes, uh, and then one uh, <laughs> where we have it, kick the ball away. Uh, 15 seconds later is in the back of our net, where we need to do better defensively in that situation. Uh, And then we're still in the bad spell, giving the uh, ball away too easy, and then I need to admit that it was a a great goal from from Neil. Um, Second half better, more presence, better on the ball, create the chances that could have made this game more interesting, Uh, but in the end we just didn't have the cutting edge. You lost one of your strikers in Burmo before halftime. Yeah. What was the reason behind that? Yeah, he had a tight calf. We knew that before the game, um, so hopefully nothing serious.
12: You made a change, another change at half time. What was your thinking going into that second half? What response were you expecting from your team?
11: I know we we couldn't play that bad again, uh, and we didn't. It was all better, uh, I would say. Uh, a lot of effort, a lot of will, Um but not the the cutting edge uh, in general. But again, two, three very good chances, opportunities, mm. where that potentially could have given us a a, a second uh, air and then then gone again. But no, on the day we couldn't.
12: Ivan Tony did seem on the quiet side tonight. Is
11: that understandable given his recent illness and so on? I think in general, we didn't do enough to have a good enough chance to win. But it was clear that uh, he was not on his best today, but there was a lot of other players that was not on, the, on their best um, um, as, as well.
12: You mentioned the injury to Umbermo before half-time. Yeah. You know you've got a tough schedule coming up now. Yeah.
11: Yeah.
12: How well-equipped are you, do you feel,
11: personnel-wise for what's now lying ahead? I, I think we are. We've been fine the whole season, but of course, it's tough when we when we get these injuries to some of our key players. But um, it is what it is. Um, we need to get on with it, find solutions. That's my job, um, and we'll find a team that can that, that can perform against Man City. Thomas, appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you.
12: Graham, your first win for a while. What did you like about the performance which won it?
13: Uh, well, first off especially, I thought we were really good. Um, out of possession when we are defending, I thought we won the ball back often and created some opportunities from there. Nice to score two goals, nice to keep a clean sheet. I think we needed a goalkeeper in the second half because Brentford, as you imagine, would, would respond. Um, not as good second half, but I think overall uh, enough to win and, and sometimes talk all you want about performance. Sometimes it's a result is important and today felt like a, a result was important for us. Even as the head coach, how
12: much did you enjoy both of those goals?
13: Oh, fantastic, really nice goals. Um, I was right behind Leo, so I saw it all the way. And, um, and it was a fantastic strike. So like I said, we won we, we the ball back a couple of times and created some opportunities, um, Try to press high against a team that have got a good organisation and at the same time still threaten behind you with the front two. So, um, you know, difficult game. But um, for us, delighted with the three
12: points. Getting that second goal, Graham. when you did, mm. how pivotal does that feel looking back now?
13: Well, yeah, I think it, it's, um, they, they change everything, goals, and um, we've been fighting to get them. It's pleasing for Neil, I think that's seven now this season. So he's contributing, really, really positive. Um, we missed him against Wolves. But um, yeah, the second goal is important. We'd like to get the third, but it wasn't to be. And then we have to survive and we have to dig in as a team, which is also important. I think to keep that clean sheet. Uh, can't say that we didn't have a bit of luck because we you need that. And I said it before the game, you need a bit of luck in the Premier League. But overall, delighted with the boys. The crowd were fantastic. Uh, it's been an effort for them to get here tonight, so they were brilliant. And um, yeah, we're delighted with the points.
12: You took off one of your goal scorers, Trossard at half time, well being quit on what was what was behind that switch? He
13: just had a, just felt his tightness in his hamstring, so it was more precautionary. But uh, we didn't want to take the chance and obviously the positive is we get forty five minutes for Danny.
12: What was the second half game plan in the end? You've got this two goal cushion going into half time. How did you approach the second half? Well
13: we wanted to try and be positive, we wanted to try and um, get the get the third goal and at the same time keep a clean sheet. Uh, we, we thought they'd get a, a reaction because I thought that we were the better team in the first half, so you'd expect that um, but we weren't quite as good as we, we were in the first half and credit to the opponent, they, they did better in the second half
0: Graham, well done tonight Thank Thank you. You. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
14: Thanks for coming back with us, Paul Burmeister, alongside Robbie Earle and Danny Higginbotham. That was a lot of fun, a great <laughs> match to watch. What's your headline after all that drama and a draw?
6: Newcastle United will end that game feeling disappointed. Almost like two points have got away. That was how good their performance was. The St. James's crowd there stayed at the end and appreciated what they saw, committed, intense, looked more dangerous at times. And, and, you know, when David De Gea is probably Manchester United's man of the match, it tells you a little bit of how the game was going. And there's one person I, 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 want, I want to pull out, because often Wilson and St Maximum get the headlines. Joe Ellington, by the way, has turned into Engolo Kante o- overnight. He was tackling, he was winning the ball, he was driving forward. And, and it was just one of those days where Newcastle will be disappointed now, having looked at the chances they could have made and could have been 2-0 up before Cavani gets the equaliser they'll be disappointed that they've not um, taken three points. But their season really kicks in now. They've got 19 more games, and I think a run
14: of games now where they're winnable. If they put that kind of effort in, they'll be OK. Disappointed, yes, Danny, but do you see it as mostly positive for Newcastle as well?
15: Yeah, 100%. I think when you when you see a new manager going into a club that's struggling, you always think, right, OK, first of all, are the players buying into it? And I think the best example, as Robbie's just said, has is, is been um, Joe Ellington. I don't think there's... I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think what's happened is Eddie Howe, when he first went to the club, he looked at the data of, of, of Joe Ellington and looked at it and thought, right, okay, how can I best use him? He knew straight away that he wanted to use him. He looked back at his background when he was at Hoffenheim with Narges- with Nagelsmann. He was more of a – he wasn't a lone centre-forward. He was a midfielder that would go and join in or a second centre-forward. So if you're Eddie Howe, you're thinking to yourself, right, okay, let's get to January, let's see what we can do. But as Robbie was saying, the fans were there at the end of the game. More often than not, fans are going to to Newcastle or have been over the last year or two with no real expectations, just hoping that something will happen. Whereas Newcastle today, they were the best team from start to finish. And with summer fortune, not to get three points.
14: Today was awfully good. Now, looking forward, do you think it's sustainable? Can they maintain that kind of energy and effort? It's a great question. And the answer is it has to be.
6: If they're going to stay up, Paul, this has to become a benchmark. This has to be the norm. Yes, it's Manchester United today and it's a, it's a big deal in town. But every game they go into get to now, against some of the lower teams in the league, they've got to go with that same intensity and drive and commitment. And some of the teams they'll play won't be as good as the likes of the run they've had against the Man City's and in, in, in the, the Manchester United's. But... You know two injuries to it looks like to Wilson and Saint maximum mm.
14: that could hurt them that, that January window can't come quick enough. You look ahead Danny, to what Newcastle has coming up and thinking about maintaining what they had today, mm. and what do you see
15: games that are are the bread and butter for them for the for the Premier League season for their existence. you know we look at the games that they've had recently, the Manchester cities, the Liverpools the Manchester United, the Leicester cities. they are to a certain extent all bonus points. The games that they've got coming up, the the games that they've got coming up now I was looking at it.
6: Everton, Southampton, Watford, Leeds.
15: Watford and Leeds. They're the games that they've got to be looking at and saying, right, this is where and this is what will decide whether we're going to be in the Premier League this year or next season. But with that performance today, okay, you didn't get the three points, but the one thing that it will have given them
14: is greater confidence. And you said prior to this match, you said that there's – you didn't hint around at it. You said the only way this season could be seen as anything but a failure for Newcastle is if they do find a way to climb out of that relegation zone. You don't appoint a manager of the calibre of Eddie Howe. You don't obviously have the
6: wealth and talk about a window. You don't get in a position where you say, we'll have all this, but ah, we'll go down to the championship and we'll have Mm -hmm. a year. You do all that to stay in the league. And today, I think, would give... Eddie Howe, the ownership group, the fans, and more importantly, the players, the belief that if they
14: play at that level on a weekly basis, they'll be OK. Lead feeling for Newcastle in this Raw mm. is positive. Let's look at the other side mm. now, Danny. Manchester United, what's the lead feeling with them after this one?
15: It's, it's, not, the, it's not right now. It's not the here and now. It's what's happened previously. So, so we look at other teams around them. The, the the teams that Manchester United should be mentioned in the same breath as your Manchester City, your Liverpool, your Chelsea's. Well in advance, years in advance in terms of behind the scenes, as in terms of director of football, Manchester United get their first director of football this season with John Murtough being promoted from another role that he had. My concern with Manchester United is that. I think everybody can see from the outside looking in, Ragnick wants this job. He wants the job. So if he doesn't get the job, it's because he's not been successful. Then he has a two-year consultancy role. Well, part of his consultancy role will be to bring in the new manager. And I would imagine he's going to look and say, right, I want a manager that mirrors the way that I play. But if you've not been successful, it means that the players haven't taken to it. So why then would you bring a manager that wants to come and do the same thing? So... I'm concerned about where things are going with the club at the moment. It's not going to be a quick fix. And, you know, Manchester United have been in the doldrums for, for, for a number of years now. And, you know, I don't see it changing any time quick.
14: What's your peak ahead with that side say?
6: Um, it's a work in progress. And I think for those who were foolish enough to think, change the system, four two 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 will be fine. It just doesn't work like that. It needs tweaking. Bruno Fernandes comes from a deeper position in the second half, starts to run the game. We start to see a little bit more rhythm to Manchester United. I was one of those where I think it's a six-month project for Ragnick and his team and other people. Whether he gets fourth or not, he get, the aim is to get fourth at the end of the season. Then this is Manchester United, Paul. This is the biggest club in England. One of the biggest clubs in the world. Go and get who you want. Go and get your number one target. Bring them into the football club and start the years of building. And Ragnick should be there supporting as a consultant the structure behind the coaches, the scouting network, all that stuff that Manchester United have fell away on over the last few years. But Manchester United shouldn't be saying, oh, this guy, what will take? Go and get who you want to manage your football club and start to build it again.
16: Guys, well played. Sean, I guess you're a little bit gutted now, having not quite got over the line, but was that a performance to be really proud of?
17: Yeah, I think so. I think, um, on the (coughs) overall sort of balance of the game, I think we (coughs) feel we deserve three points, to be honest. I think we've created um, a lot of good chances, probably the most we've created in a a game in a very long time, to be honest. And um, yeah, like I said, it was probably a little bit of a disappointed dressing room, but also uh, one that's that knows that we're capable of putting in performances like that, so it's a very sort of positive start, and um, you can see obviously with the new manager coming in, um, giving them a little boost, and I think you can see with performances and with the crowd behind it, it's obviously a, a sort of a, a massive boost as well, and I thought tonight was what St James's Park's all about, an unbelievable atmosphere, and us giving them something to cheer for.
16: So you've just been in with the manager for a couple of minutes, what did he say?
17: Pretty much what I've just said there, really, just just that we've, we've created a lot of chances, we've, we've played really well. It's a performance we can be really proud of, um, and it's about doing that every week now. Um, I think, obviously, the, you, you said the last three games against three top sides, we have really up to a game, and it's about taking them performances into to games with teams around us, and, and we know if we perform like that, we'll, we'll pick up points and, and we'll be fine.
4: So,
16: so, Joe Linton, can I be completely honest? I didn't realise you were that good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's a new position for me, but... I always try to, to give everything for the team, and today was this day. I give everything. I try to help my team to, to see the three points. I'm uh, lucky the result, but like uh, Long said, um, I have to be proud of the, the game and just keep going. Uh, it's a hard game. I have to take the positive things and look forward for the next game. It's a completely
16: different job. The new manager is asking you to do. Why does it seem to suit you so well?
4: well like I said, I always try to give everything for the team. Um, I played for not this disposi- position, we never at the half and high, but uh, I understand what he asked for me to do on the pitch and just try to, to give everything for the team.
17: He's been a revelation in midfield, hasn't he? What's he been like to play with? To to be honest, I think if you ask anyone in the dressing room, we know he's he's that good, regardless of um, what the outside people say. I think the disrespect he gets is a disgrace, to be honest. Um, I can honestly say every day in training, he's he's the best player. If he's on your team, you win in training. It's like if you get Joe, you're buzzing in training. Do you think he
16: he steps it up on the pitch, or have you always seen this? to,
17: To be honest, I think he's... Obviously, like you say, he's been in a slightly different position. Um, but the way he's been since the new managers came in, in games, um, he's sort of shown how he has been over the last sort of two years in training. Um, ask, ask anyone at the club; everyone rates him so highly. Um, I'm so so happy for him to be honest. Um, like I said, some of the some of the noise from outside, I think, really disrespectful. Um, if you actually watch us enough and um, sort of know what you're watching, you, you realise how good he is to be honest. Um, like I said, I'm just so happy for him. And like I said, when I'm playing next to him, it makes it so much easier. So it's uh, now I'm, I'm so, so happy for him. I'm so, so happy. And thank you, long-staff
16: well. boys. Yeah, well, go on. Respond. <laughs> They're nice words, aren't
17: they? <laughs> said, no, it's me. true, though. It's true.
16: Was that your best game in a Newcastle shirt, would you say? I
4: don't know. What uh, you can say. Uh, so, like I said, I know I try to give everything. Uh, some days, things don't happen. You try, but it doesn't happen today. Uh, What I tried to work and hope to continue, um, to continue the good work and work hard for the team and hope we can can win the the next game and go from this this situation.
16: Well said. And, and lastly, you, Longstaff, bought his life playing against Man United as well, don't you? A couple <laughs> uh, of years ago, your brother, you making the goal tonight?
17: Not quite. He still, he still says I haven't scored against him, so he's <laughs> still going to hammer I uh, quickly check me for and he still said he scored two and now scored none. So he's uh, <laughs> still giving us a bit, of, uh, a bit of stick. But like I said, to be honest, for, for me, um, selfishly, I just wanted to try and get back in the team. Um, obviously, like I said, sort of haven't really played since the new managers came in, which was... Slightly disappointing, but sort of waiting in the background for an opportunity and was chomping at the bit. To be honest, I think um, night time games in James's port against Man United—it's a massive, massive game. And if you can't get yourself up for those, then you're in the wrong job, really. So it's like I said, I'm just really happy to be back on the pitch and hopefully I can sort of stay in.
16: Well, look, both of you are brilliant, Joe Linton, man of the match tonight. Well played.
17: Thank you. Thank you.
16: Ralph, you fought back for a point, but was it a performance that you didn't particularly like?
18: No, I didn't like it at all. Um, As I said, we, we were trying to get better in controlling games. Today we didn't control the game, apart from very few moments at all. It's all about Energy, about physicality, um, and who wins the second balls. Uh, What about the transitional moments? And uh, in all those areas, we were not at our best today. In the end, uh, uh, we got a point. That's the good thing, but uh, the performance overall needs to get better. So
16: all those areas you've just listed, how do you get them better?
18: I mean, against Palace, we were better, but that was a different game we played at home. Now we had two, two away games uh, against Norwich and here and here at Newcastle. And uh, it's about, as I said, it's about physicality, it's about energy. We have, you have to be ready and, 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 and able to win those direct duels. Um, and uh, this was not that often the case. And uh, even when we were in possession of the ball, we had too many giveaways, uh, including the goal that we conceded. And if you're after seven minutes, one one goal down here at St James's Park, it doesn't make things easier.
16: You were quite critical of the body language after the Norwich game. Was it any better
18: this evening? Today it was not a question of body language, it was a question of body and physicality. Uh, the body language was not that much of a problem today, but of course if you want to be competitive here in, in, this, in, this, in this ground on, in, against Newcastle, you have to play physical. We have to get physical, and this was not the case uh, in, in many parts of the game, and therefore we were struggling.
16: Are they sometimes as well a group of players, this Manchester United group, that they seem to be quite critical with each other? on the pitch, when a mistake gets made, rather than an arm around the shoulder, it's quite negative, do you notice that?
18: I don't think that this was our biggest problem today. Our biggest problem was the mistakes that we made, the giveaways, the unforced errors when we were in possession of the ball, we just had too many balls that we just gave away. Even in the second half, when we scored the equalising goal and they had two or three injured players, we were not really controlling the game. Taking the wrong decisions in the right, in, 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 in the very moments, and that's what, is, what, what, is, what, what it's all about.
16: You made a couple of substitutions at half time. What were you looking to rectify?
18: Well, obviously, we were one goal behind, so we needed a goal, a minimum one goal, and we had to take more risks. And uh, that, that was the reason why I brought Edison Cavani and, uh, uh, and uh, Jaden Sancho on to play in, from then on in a four one three two. 1 3 2. Uh, In some situations, including the goal that we scored, we were good. Edison had two other uh, good chances uh, to score, but with him we had another striker up front who was dangerous in front of goal.
16: That change of formation that you made during the game, is that something you're likely to stick with, do you think?
18: I don't know. Again, today it was not a question of formation, it was a question of how aggressive we were, it was a, a question of energy and uh, in, in those areas we need to get better, including um, what, what, what are we doing when we're in possession of the ball.
16: So how do you make that next step? Like you said, a lot of the things you saw tonight were the same as you saw against Norwich. How do you make that next leap forward that you haven't made tonight?
18: Yeah, in three, in three days we have the next game. We're playing at home against Burnley and then another three or four days later we play Wolverhampton at home. Both games are in our own stadium. And uh, we can do better, I know that the players can play better than we did today, but uh, again, we have to do it and we have to yeah, sustainably do it on the pitch in those two home games. If we want to get the points there, we, we need to do it better than today. Do
16: you think the break didn't help, that sort of two weeks and more that you didn't play for, did that play a part tonight?
18: Course, it's also a question of rhythm, but I think this is uh, a, we, are not, we shouldn't look for excuses. We just need to get better. We, get, we need to get more physical, more precise when we're in possession of the ball. So today, I was not happy with our performance, no matter if we were in possession of the ball, but also when, when we had to press and counter-press. It's about sprinting. It's, again, about energy. Uh, in, in what kind of energy mode do we play with the ball and against the ball?
16: After seeing that, how long do you think it will take to get that energy, to get that pressing, to get that counter pressing?
18: Yeah, I think we were better in some games that was so far in the past, uh, but it's also get about getting results. And again, the good thing today was that we came back, that we got the equalizer. In the end, it could have been also 2 2. Um, again, two or three fantastic saves by David Tegea, similar to, to, to the game at Norwich. But we also had our chances uh, to score a second goal. Thank you. Thank you.
19: Thank you, Ralph. Thank- Eddie, uh, a point tonight, but after that performance, how frustrated are you not to be standing here with all three?
20: Yeah, very very frustrated, I thought. I can't praise the players enough for an excellent performance. In and out of possession, I thought we were very good tonight. A lot of good individual performances as well, so really pleased. It's just, you know, we deserve to win, and and you're left with that horrible feeling of not accomplishing what you deserve to get, so... um, but, yeah, very pleased with the players.
19: Regardless of the result, is that the best performance you've seen from this team
20: since arriving here at St James's? Yeah, I think so, in both disciplines, because I think, you know, when you play these teams, we're going to have to be good out of possession. I thought we were right from minute one. We were tight in our lines. We um, defended really well in our structures. And then we're a real threat on the transitions today, all, all through the game, even late in the game. Uh, gave a lot up to the match physically, to our cost at times, but... Um, some really good signs for the future and I think that's, that's probably got to be the overriding feeling.
19: How much did it come down to
20: missed chances on the part of Newcastle? Yeah, we had some really good moments, didn't we? And um, I think Maxi's at the start of the second half, that's almost gone from my mind, but that seemed a good chance, I haven't seen it again and obviously Murphy hitting the post and Almiron's shot looks like it's in, so it's good to be talking about these moments because there has been games where we haven't been so mm. creative, so... Yeah, very positive signs for the future.
19: Injuries seem to play the part again, and two big ones in Callum Wilson and Alan St Maximan. Any update on them, and how big an impact is that likely to have?
20: Well, it'll have a huge impact because they're two key players for us. I think Callum's looks more serious just because when he went down, there was no one around him. Maxi, I think, uh, is an injury, of course, but hopefully it won't be um, any more than a, a few weeks. Uh, but at this stage, it's difficult to tell, to be honest. But uh, yeah, of course, I think when you're st- stood here in my position and you're talking about those players, we desperately need them fit.
19: How big an impact will that have with the January transfer window just around the corner, would
20: you imagine? Ooh, you're talking to me seconds after the game, so I, ne- I need to digest it and see, see what the, uh, you know, what the physios are telling
19: me in terms of time. It's difficult to pick out individual performances when everyone's performance seemed to be top-notch, but Joel Linton, once again, seemed to be just next level. Yeah, he was very good
20: today. I mean, his defensive understanding for the position that we're asking him to play, I just think been incredible. Mm. His attitude to the team, in terms of giving to the team, his work rate, his energy, his ability to win second ball has been top-level, but also his technique and uh Ability to find space and ability to control the ball in really tight areas has been of the highest level as well. So I can't praise him enough and you know I love the lad to bit so I'm really pleased that he's performing so well.
19: And just finally, one win in 19 now, but for all those people who might be picking Newcastle United for relegation, how much does a fight's performance, a fight and spirit like that show that you're capable of getting out of it?
20: We're capable, uh, I've said we're capable of beating anyone. I think we proved that today. Um... But we have to all perform, and I thought we all we all performed today. I thought the level of everybody was very, very good. So I think that's got to be our standard that we've set ourselves. And if we can lift our levels when we play other teams in the division, then I think we will be a force to be reckoned with. Thanks, Eddie. Much Thank appreciated. You. Cheers.
14: Week 20 begins tomorrow with this slate of games right here, and we're all set to preview the one that will take place between Liverpool and Leicester City. Liverpool right now, the team just behind Man City and playing awfully well. Robbie, unbeaten in their last seven Premier League matches. Uh, They'll be tough to beat again tomorrow. Always tough to beat.
6: Um, And it's a Leicester team that I think there's a few eyes looking just where they are right now. Um, You think of the League Cup last week, they were 3-1 up in that ended up the game finishing 3-3, lost on penalties. You know, didn't come out of the disappointment well. The weekend, they were 4-0 down against Manchester City, then get back to 4-3, you're thinking something, and then lose 6-3. And it kind of sums up where Leicester are at the minute. They've got ability, they can score goals, they've got quality, but every now and then when they're suffering, and Robbie Musto on, on air said the other day, just a little bit about that character, like roll your sleeves up when mm. it's difficult and get through the fight. So,
14: it'll be interesting to, against the Liverpool team flying at the moment, how that out. Everybody likes to refer to that as grits right now, and they have a chance to show it. Yeah, of course, and something that really
15: stood out from the post-match interviews was actually Pep Guardiola. He said, you know, the first half, it was easier for us against Leicester. Second half, they sat back and they played in a counter against us. We know that Leicester City are missing a lot of plays through injury. For Fafana for me, is the, biggest, is the biggest miss. He's got the pace at the back, but For whatever reason, Brendan Rodgers is still sticking with his philosophy of playing this high-octane football, playing this high-press, without the pace to do it. So if you're going to do it against this Liverpool team, then you're you're in for serious trouble. Because if you look at Leicester, I think there's only three teams that have conceded more than them. There's only the top four that have scored more than them. So I just wonder whether Brendan Rodgers could just be a little bit more pragmatic. Because, yes, he has the excuse of a number of defenders being out. But he's not adjusted the team accordingly. Although he did in the second half against Manchester City and we saw the difference. But set pieces as well is a huge thing for them, the amount that they concede.
14: And the results recently speak to that, Robbie. I mean, two yeah, wins think... in the last eight yeah. Premier League matches.
6: And it's interesting because this is a team who, over the last couple of seasons, we've been used to seeing in and around the top six. They've only dropped out the top four last week of seasons generally, to team with ability, with goals, with balance. Yes, they've had injuries, but everybody could point to injuries in COVID this time around. 12 goals conceded from set pieces Danny's talked about. Those are things you work on the training ground, Paul. Those are Mm -hmm. things you can address. Those are things that I can't let him get away with those ones. Those come back on, on the coaching. Brendan Rodgers had a lot of praise for a lot of good
14: things he's done at this football club, but he also has to shoulder a bit of responsibility when things aren't going well. And the opposition, this is one I had to hmm. double check here, Danny. Liverpool, one loss in 27 matches across all competitions. They, they've been incredible. I.
15: I go back to the start of the season and, and, and my team was Chelsea that I thought would win the Premier League. It was, I was looking and thinking Chelsea and Manchester City. well Liverpool, they're, they're hugely in this reckoning. They, they're looking so good. We know what the front three are all about, but what you're starting to see now is goals coming from midfield. You know, Robertson, I think obviously he's suspended, but you've got Trent Alexander-Arnold going forward as well. They're just a threat from all over the place and they're an unbelievable team to watch. And I can only see one winner in this game and it's, it's Liverpool in my opinion.
6: Yeah. They have a unique group of players so Mo Salah is a great example of that 15 goals scored, 9 assists and still works as hard as if he's a kid on his first Mm -hmm, game game for a club when you've got that collectively you've got a chance
3: That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in studio debates as well as exclusive on site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBC SN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?